As you know, the startup life is a place to get practical tools to start your path as an entrepreneur. However, sometimes we like to explore big ideas to remind you that anything is possible. So let's say you see the current sports landscape and you think to yourself that you can make a league better than the status quo. Some may laugh at you and tell you to talk to them when you sober up. But here in the Startup Nation, we start with one simple question. How do we get started? My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life. Let's begin. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own luck, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. So today we're going to talk about how to start a league. Uh, is, is one of those things where we like to talk about big ideas on this show, and obviously this is a big idea. The impetus for this show came from a, a question that was posed on Facebook about starting your own league, and I came up with like a step-by-step -step process on how that may look. A few people were receptive to it. Some people were like, ah, you're drunk, or this, that, and the other. And so uh, one thing you'll know about me, Startup Nation, is that I am really petty. And so when somebody tells me that something isn't possible or that you can't do anything, I, I, I use it as a point to turn it into something positive. So I turned it into an entire podcast episode. So this episode is going to be a little free-flowing, no segments like we normally do, but it's going to be a step-by-step -step process on how I would start a league uh, if I wanted to do so. And there's one of those things, Startup Nation, this is one of those episodes where it's like, my job isn't to give you the entire blueprint. My job is to spark the brain so that way I can give you some type of foundation so that way you can take the idea and do something wonderful with it. So uh, there may some be some things that I may miss. There may some be some things I didn't think about. I tried to think of, of every different thing you would need to start your league. But hey, if you find a hole in it, leave you know, shoot me a line and say, hey, Dominic, you forgot about this. Or when you start your league, you go ahead to implement that process that I may have left out. But Startup Nation, I hope you're ready to see great value today and let's take flight. Startup Nation, I think the first thing you want to figure out is what kind of league do you want to start? Okay, now I know there's many different sports out there. You know, maybe you want to start a football league. Maybe soccer is more your deal. Or maybe basketball, you know, is your love. And so that's the first thing you want to do. You want to figure out you know, which type of league you want to, you know, to start. And, you know, there's obviously different models out there. When you think about American football, that is, uh, you think about the NFL. We have the new AAF starting here, the XFL. We had the World Football League, you know, and there's countless others to think about, you know. And, and when you think about your league, you know, think about some of the reasons, you know, that it may fail. Or more importantly, think about some of the leagues that did start up, Think about how they failed and some of the things and, and mistakes that you can learn from how they 
came to be. Now, when you think about international football, or as we call it, soccer, there's a ton of different examples, right? Oh my goodness. You have, you know, like you have the like the FIFA World Cup. It's kind of like a temporary league every four years, but you have uh, Bundesliga in Germany. You have the MLS here in the United States. You have uh, Primera División down in Mexico. And also uh, you have the, the Spanish League in Spain as well, where you have Real Madrid and Barcelona and things of that nature. And, and, and of course, the EPL in, uh, in, the great, in Great Britain, that is. And so there's many different leagues that you can think of, you know, to get an example of how to kind of maybe structure your league to have an idea. Your league doesn't have to necessarily be on those grand scale startup nation. Now, we're going to talk about that throughout the episode, whether you want to be a national type of uh, league or maybe even just a local, just a city league as well. And I actually have a pretty cool idea that I'll talk about later in the show that kind of talks about that. Also, when you talk about basketball, basketball is an international sport as, as well. So there's also many different leagues around the world to think of. You know, obviously here in the United States, we have, you know, arguably the best league in the world, which is the NBA, but you also have the Chinese league. And before I get to that, you know, another reason to look at other leagues besides the NBA, because the game of basketball has really exploded since the 1992 Olympics, when you have the dream team or whatever the case may be. And so ever since then, all the other leagues have gotten tremendously better. You have the Chinese league, you have the Euro league, you have the league down uh, in Australia, you had the league in Italy, and, and just honestly all over the place, Yugoslavia, wherever the case may be. And so when you think about you know your league and wherever the case may be, there's many different platforms, there's many different examples to think of. Obviously, in American football, there's a lot of ones that failed, but you can still learn something from. But when you talk about international soccer or international football, or you think about international basketball, there's a mere leagues to kind of, I'm not going to say copycat, because I think there's certain things that may be copyrighted or trademarked that you can't necessarily use, but certain formats and structures, you can at least get an example from to how to start your league. When we say an entrepreneurship is not, you know, and talk about OPM, it's not just other people's money, it's also other people's methods. So you want to think about that as you start your league, Startup Nation. The next thing you want to think about is, you know, you want to think about some venues to play games. Like, hell, if you if you want to have a league, you got to play somewhere, right? So let's say if you're like a, a local league, if you will, maybe you want to go and talk to certain high schools or high school school districts, if you will, to maybe use high school gyms or high school football fields or whatever the case may be, right? I know here in Memphis, there's a ton of basketball gyms. There's a ton of high school football fields that can possibly use for not and the football fields can be not only used for obviously football, but also soccer as well. And so you may find yourself like, you know, how can you entice a school or a school district in order to use their facilities? Well, for starters, you can give them some of the some of those ticket sales, like, you know, 10, 20, 30 percent or you know, however you want to negotiate that 30 percent is a little pricey. I probably wouldn't go over that, but it's one of those things where, you know, to think about when you think about, you know, ticket gate numbers and whatever the case may be. Also, there's concessions. There's room for concessions as well. And so, you know, think about a principal is a lot like a business owner in the sense of like they have to be responsible for revenues and generating revenues as well. So that could be an added revenue stream for that school to get laptop carts or to get different, you know, uh, clubs or wherever, or fund different clubs or wherever the case, or initiatives in that school 
that can be beneficial to that school. And so you can also have where some of those clubs, if you will, run the concessions ever so often or, you know, or wherever the case may be at your league games. That's also a thing as well. You know, and this is just on the local level. Now, if you're trying to build a national brand, uh, you know, the same kind of thing applies, but it's a little different. Right. So you may want to think about, you know, uh, college venues, right? College high school, you know, college fields, college basketball gyms, wherever the case may be. And a lot of times, you know, you may not even necessarily have to. Uh, use the men's gym you can use the women's gym as well like here at the university of memphis we have the the men who play their home games at the fedex forum but the women for the most part play their games at what is called the elmarone field house or i think they may have changed the name i'm not sure they play their uh, games at the field house sometimes the women play at the fedex forum but i think a lot of times they play at the field house there on campus and you don't really need uh you know a a large facility you know you know especially in the beginning because you're you're a startup you're you're literally a startup league so don't have think you have to get like the like you gotta have your deal at the fedex form like that's a little lofty starting out but you know at the very least it's something to kind of shoot for long term but if you want to have like a national type of deal you may want to think about college campuses for that regard once again they're all you know especially college campuses and, and athletic directors and presidents of schools they're always looking for new revenue streams there's probably some type of format or some type of um, policy and procedure and protocol you may have to go to in that regard maybe you know it may it may be strict at a division one school, but maybe not as strict as like a division three school. Right. So, you know, be mindful of that startup nation. You know, uh, when you're looking for venues to play your league games. Also, startup nation, uh, when you're creating your league, think about rules for the league. Are, are you going to have conferences? You know, is there a playoff system now for here? For those of us here in America, that if I'm saying, you know, do you want a playoff system? That may sound ridiculous. Well, for those of you who watch international football, you know, in particularly uh, the EPL, the English Premier League, you know that they don't have a playoff system. Right. It's basically, you know, depending on your performance in the game, you get collect so many points based on a tie or a win or whatever the case may be. And then whoever has the most points at the end of that year is the champion, right? So, you know, maybe, you know, you have a basketball league and you don't want to have a playoff system, you know, or maybe, you know, now granted it could be more revenue generated, but at the same time it could be less of a headache. That all depends on you, Startup Nation. It's your league. You want to think about rules. Like maybe if you're a basketball league, maybe uh, instead of two steps, and then, you know, you got to do something with the ball is a travel. Maybe you want to say three steps. You got to do some of the ball. Then it's a travel, whatever the case may be. Or maybe you don't want to have traveling at all. That would probably be a terrible basketball game. But hey, it's your league. If you can sell it some kind of way, then sell it. Do you want to have conferences? Do you want to have divisions? If there's if you do have a playoff system and you want to you know what if there's a tie? What does a tiebreaker scenario look like? I remember looking at a tiebreaker sheet for the NFL one time, and I think they had like, you know, like you know, if two teams tie, they had like nine or eleven different scenarios to figure out how to break the tie, whether it be points per game, points differential, winning percentage. I mean, not winning percentage because obviously they had the same winning percentage because they're tied, obviously. But um, like um, winning percentage, like how, how many points you won by, like whatever that average is. Right. So it, it's one of those things where like you really have to think about the rules and you may want to bring in 
uh, somebody who's familiar with rules, even if it's just on a high school or state level. Right. You know, somebody who has some type of structure that they know, like the back of their hand when it comes to rules, because the thing is, like, you know, rules in a league, just like, you know, rules and, you know, and laws in our society, you know, that's what makes us a civilized society or that what makes you a legitimate league because you have rules and they're consistent and they're refereed consistently. Right. So you want to think about that part as well as you're constructing your league. And so startup nation, you know, we just talked about. You know, in that last segment where we talked about, you know, maybe you want to bring somebody in who's very familiar with the constructed, you know, league rules or like at the high school level or a pro level or whatever the case may be. You want to bring in credible names to help launch the league. When I think about the AAF that's launching here in the United States and its football league, uh, American Football League, I have to remember, Stoddard Mason, forgive me that, you know, I have to kind of differentiate between American football and international football. But when I think about that league, they've brought in, you know, people who are well known in the football community. You got Bill Polian and you got Troy Polamalu and you have Heinz Ward, people who have, you know, had success, uh, a combination of not all just on the field, but in the front office as well. And, you know, here in Memphis, we have it. We're, we're going to have an AAF expansion team and we have Mike Singletary as our football coach. He's like a Hall of Fame NFL, you know. Uh, linebacker right but these are names that you know these are household names that say oh okay if they're associated with the league then it must be some type of level of credibility so you have to do that and and think about you know this as well the people and the names that you bring in they don't necessarily have to be household names but at the very least they have that bring some type of credentials that lead to credibility Credibility, I'm sorry. So let's say that example about the person with the rules or whatever, right? Maybe you don't know, you know, Joe Snuffy the Ragbag, as my old uh, ROTC instructor would say. Maybe you don't know Joe Snuffy the Ragbag, but you know but you know that Joe Snuffy the Ragbag spent 20-plus years at TSSAA, which is the high school authority on, you know, uh, uh, here in the state of Tennessee as far as, like, rules for sports or whatever the case may be. That's somebody who's credible, right? That's somebody who knows what a rule structure and conference structure and everything else looks like. So that's why you want to bring somebody in. That brings credibility to your league. And that, you know, that's going to be very beneficial when we talk about sponsors and investors later on down the road. But we're not there yet. The next thing you want to do, Startup Nation, is to find a commissioner. You want somebody who who is seen as, you know, once again, credible, speak to the credible name piece. Once again, you want to see bring somebody who, who is deemed as fair, who is diplomatic, somebody who is even killed, not somebody who flies off the handle or whatever the case may be. Uh, before Roger Goodell was um, you know ushered in as the new commissioner of the NFL, names that were thrown out there were like Condoleezza Rice, who is, you know, secretary of state for the United States, you know. I, I can't think of anybody else who would be more diplomatic than somebody who's the secretary of state, you know, for, you know, for our country or whatever the case may be. So you, you want to think about somebody, you know, maybe in your if you want to do a local league or whatever the case may be somebody in that area who speaks to fairness and diplomacy, because when you're a commissioner, you juggle a lot of hats. Uh, you, you know, you got to issue out league fines. If that's a thing you have to issue out. You know, you know, league summons and, and you know, protocols and directions of the league and how to expand the league or whatever the case may be. 
you know, now granted the league may belong to you, but at the very least the commissioner is kind of like almost kind of like the CEO of the league in the sense of like, you know, the, uh, you know, the, they, they protect the on court or on field product, if you will. So they have to go out and sell the league themselves. So you want to think about that when you have a commissioner, uh, for your league. Another thing you want to do with that commissioner, you want to assemble a board for you to keep you in line, to keep you in line with checks and balances. And when you can think about, you know, bringing on a board, you you, you want to consider, you know, that they have a, a very diverse background between all your board members. Maybe one person is a financial guy. Maybe, you no know, another person is a, is a financial guru. Maybe another person uh, has connections in the sport that you're trying to to uh, to to jump off or start up, if you will. And once again, these people are lending credibility because the thing is, funding is usually not the biggest issue. If you can, if you can, if you got a great salesperson, salesperson probably also needs to be on your board. If you got a great salesperson, they can talk some people out of some money, right? Because I think a lot of times when people think about starting some really big idea, they feel like, oh, I got to have X amount of dollars. I got to have $20 million. I got to have $30 million to get this idea off the bat. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not all the time, at least. And so, you know, maybe your league starts off local and then you grow it nationally, right? You don't really need a ton of money. You need some money, but maybe you don't need a ton of money to get it started, you know, move, you know, to start it up or the case may be. And so when I think about a board, I also think about if you want to go and make the league nonprofit. Now, you may be asking yourself, why would I do that? Well, there's certain advantages to, you know, to having a nonprofit league or whatever the case may be, right? For starters, there's there's tax exempt statuses, right? And so, you know, when you're trying to start up a league at a league that has, you know, uh, a venture, uh, well, I'll just say this. Starting a league is a lot like starting a restaurant because there's so many different moving parts. It's hard to keep track of expenses sometimes, you know, unless you got that finance guy on your board, but that's neither here nor there. But it's a lot of it's a lot of moving pieces to track expenses. So if you if you can keep the IRS off your back, that's fine. Now you be asking yourself, well, Dominic, it's a sports league. How in the hell can you make it a nonprofit? Ask the NFL. The NFL up until I believe 2014, 2015, because I think they was getting scrutinized for being a nonprofit, was a nonprofit. They were like they were a 501c6, if you will. And a 501c6 is a lot different from what you're usually accustomed to. The 501c3, the 501c6 is to protect the investment of maybe your league owners, if you will. And we'll get to that in a minute. But it's to kind of protect the league owners. It's for the benefit of the league owners. The nonprofit is not supposed to be some big conglomerate. You can grow it, right? But you couldn't say necessarily acquire another league, if you will, right? You can't make, you know, uh, generate revenue for the point of personal profit. It's supposed to be for overall public benefit, if you will, right? So, yes, you could go the nonprofit route. And seeing as that you, if you do decide to have a nonprofit, you got to put a board together anyway so that could be your board for your league startup nation so keep that in mind as well once again remember you may want to have a 501c6 and not a 501c3 so startup nation we're going to go ahead and take a quick break and we'll get into looking for sponsors and investors and owners uh after the break so once again my name is dominic lawson and you're listening to the startup life
If you are a teacher looking for great resources, look no further than our Teaching with Al section of our website. Enjoy great lessons such as our mini lesson for the story of an hour or dive into the Nixon presidency as part of our legacy series. Enjoy great peace of mind from our units as they are Common Core aligned. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So in the first part of the show, we talked about things like rules, you know, figuring out venues or whatever the case may be and how to keep, uh, how to get your league to be be seen as credible when you have credible names and bring them on board as well. But now I want to talk about, you know, finding sponsors or whatever the case may be, right? Look, if you're a local league, you know, look, you, you know, a lot of mom and pop stores that are out there trying to, you know, other entrepreneurs and business owners who are looking to try and get their name out there or submit their name even further are, could be great people to think about, uh, you know, as far as sponsorship goes. This would help generate revenue, startup capital uh, for, you know, things to pay a commissioner or pay referees or whatever the case may be or pay other league officials that you may need to uh, bring on, pay yourself as well as the owner of the league or whatever the case may be. So you definitely want to find sponsors. You, you want to think about people or business owners, you know, in general, like that kind of associate with the league. When you think about big leagues, they, they usually have like a, a, a McDonald's or, you know, food industry people or even other things like maybe um, car dealerships or whatever the case may be. Hey, maybe you can't get, you know, Ford, motor company to be a sponsor of your new startup league but maybe you can get the the local you know joe snuffy ford autoplex or whatever to sponsor your league that may be an avenue for you startup nation when you think about looking for uh owners i mean uh sponsors or whatever the case may be now when you think about owners hey you got you know maybe you start out with a with an eight team league or whatever the case may be to start up and it work you know, in the beginning, and maybe you want them to own. And see, this is where that nonprofit protects these people um, to, uh, you know, have their league and protect their asset. And so when you have, you know, if you need eight teams, you want to have eight owners. Now, those people can incorporate, you know, as a, you know, regular business entity and sell merchandise or whatever the case may be. And maybe they've, you know, in the contract of the league where there's some of those profits from the merchandising that they sell, Maybe you get a piece and that goes back into the league. Maybe it's a profit sharing model of 80-20 where the, the owner of the team in the league gets 80% and they kick 20% back into the league themselves. And so that's another way to generate some some startup capital or some capital capital in the business. And not only are you getting capital when they sell their merchandise, you're, you're getting brand you know uh, publicity for the league whatever the case may be, right? And so that brings me to something I was saying earlier. Let's say you want to have a local league or whatever the case may be, right? Here in Memphis, we have neighborhoods. North Memphis, South Memphis, Westwood, Orange Mound, whatever the case may be, right? And so maybe when you start your league, let's say you started here in Memphis, and let's say you start your league, and it can be just the league here in Memphis, and you have like the the Westwood, or where, you know, whatever it call it, and the North Memphis, whatever it call it, and the South Memphis, whatever it call it, and the Orange Mound, you know, orange slices or something, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, you know, you can have those teams or wherever the case may be, and that neighborhood would be basically the fan base. Like, you know, let's say if you're the Cleveland Browns, the, the city of Cleveland is the fan base. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas-Fort Worth area is the fan base. And so when you get that involved, you, you, you instantly build this built-in fan base, 
you know, because people love repping neighborhoods, right? And then this isn't exclusive to Memphis. It doesn't matter if you're in Detroit, Los Angeles, uh, D.C., wherever the case may be. People love repping where they're from because they can identify with those people, right? And so, you know, that's something a league owner would, would go to. And, and when you're thinking about league owners, you know, you may want to think about business owners who have discretionary money to fund a new team or wherever the case may be. Right. And so and I obviously ideally you want them to be from that neighborhood, but not necessarily because it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. It'll be it'd be nice, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that case that way. Case an example, when you think about the Cleveland Cavaliers, it's in Cleveland, Ohio, obviously. But, you know, uh, the owner himself is from Detroit, you know. Uh, and Dan Gilbert, that's his name. Dan Gilbert himself is from Detroit, but he owns the Cleveland Cavaliers. So it's one of those things where it doesn't necessarily have to be so linear, but it will be helpful because that person is invested in a community and they're going to want to see that that team, you know, do well. They're going to see that community do well. And obviously you want to see that team in your league to do well as well. So like I said, if you're going to start a league, start off like eight teams. Eight teams is good enough. And then you have like a 14 playoff or the case may be maybe too small to have divisions, but not necessarily. You don't have to, uh, you know, maybe it's a situation where you have four divisions, two teams in each division and whoever wins the champion, you know, the, the, uh, division championship, excuse me, goes into the playoffs. And if there's a tiebreaker, you know, there's two teams, you already got those tiebreaker situation scenarios in place. So that's already squared away. So think about that startup nation. And when you're thinking about sponsors and investors, and ideally when I mean investors, I mean owners of leagues that are going to be funding your teams uh, as well. Uh, startup nation also, you know, you know, what else do you need when you have a league? You need players, you need players. Right. And so, um, you may want to think about, you know, having people throw their stuff into a draft, wherever the case may be. And these doesn't necessarily have to be, look, you're not going to get that Heisman Trophy candidate coming, coming, you know, coming to play in your league. And when they're in the prime of their, you're like 21 or whatever the case may be, right? You know, you, that, that ain't happening. It's just not. But you may have somebody who was not necessarily recruited, you know, that highly or maybe somebody who wants to, you know, you know, play recreationally after work or something, something like that, or whatever the case may be, to have them join your league. So maybe you put them all, you know, you have people apply for the draft, put them all in this pool, and you have a, 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 a literally a league draft. Or you can have your owners uh, have tryouts, or whatever the case may be. They can have tryouts uh, for your league, uh, and have them get on the team, whatever the case may be. And you can leave it to the owners, you know, how they want to pay them. Now you may want to get your owners together so you can have be consistent across the board because you don't want to have league mutiny. But it's one of those things where you should think about that uh, moving forward because the, the players are going to get paid something. Okay, you know a lot of times you know you think about you know injuries or whatever the case may be. You may want a healthcare system or some type of health insurance policy or whatever the case may be. You want to think about that as well, Startup Nation, because people do get hurt. People, you know, put, you know, could lose livelihood by playing in your league. And so, you know, you may want to consult an insurance person as far as like workers comp or whatever the case may be. The bottom line is, you know, you have to think of this like a business as well. As fun as it is, you have to think of it as a business as well. Also, Startup Nation, let me go back. You know, they're just reminding you of something. Let me go back to the venue piece for just a second. Ideally, you know, if you have owners, eight-team league, wherever the case may be, and they're all in the different neighborhoods and this, that, and the other, 
you, you want to try to see, like, if you're the Westwood team, you want to try to see if you can play in Westwood High School. If you're the Orange Mound team, you want to see if you can play at Melrose Stadium or Melrose Gym or whatever the case may be. You get my point. And so that, that you know, that connectivity to the to the neighborhood is going to help propel the lead because they're more invested because there's, you know, you play home games. But if that's not possible, even if you're just able to get a few venues involved, that's okay. Maybe we have to have double headers. Now, that's a little bit difficult for your football and your soccer matches, you know, your football games and your soccer matches because, you know, obviously, you know, you tear the you tear the field up, whatever the case may be. So you may want to think about that piece. But when you think about, you know, like basketball, that's kind of an easy fix because you can easily have multiple games on one court. And so if you're trying to start the basketball league, you can uh, kind of have, you know, double headers. So that way you don't have to worry about having a gym for each thing or wherever the case may be. Now, eventually you may want to try to, you know, uh, get those home games in that neighborhood. Maybe the league starts to do well. And that you go back to the high school principal, like, look, the league's doing well. We're generating revenue. We can kick you X amount of dollars on this, that, and the other. And so that may be a little bit more tempting to do that. But, you know, I digress. But I wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit uh, before we move forward. But like I said, you know, think about having a, a, a draft where people, a pool of people come in and they want to play. Maybe there's some people who, are, you know, a little bit later in life and they want to play something recreationally. Maybe, you know, there's some people who in the high school who get out of high school and they wasn't really recruited heavily out of college or whatever the case may be, but they still love the game. Right. That could be an avenue for new players as well. So try to think as much outside the box as you can, because, like I said, you are now in competition with like the NFL and the NBA and the Euro Leagues or whatever the case may be when you talk about players. As well, you also want to think about the schedule, and this speaks to the thing about the venues, or whatever the case may be. You want to create a schedule. There's, there, I think, there's certain scheduling and sports algorithms out there to help you create a schedule. You can look at how you know the NFL and the NBA create their schedule, or whatever the case may be. But if you're starting out small and it's just an eight-team league, it doesn't have to be super complicated for obvious reasons, right? Now, granted, you do want to, if you're going to use those high school and college venues or wherever the case may be, you're definitely going to have to consider what other avenues, I'm sorry, what other events they may be scheduled, you know, around the time your league is supposed to be. So if your league is supposed to start in April for, for whatever reason, one thing you may have to consider or think about, you know, if you're a football or a soccer team, whatever the case may be, are like graduations. A lot of times high schools have their graduations on the college field or on the high school field. Or maybe they have uh, a college where they use the college field because it's a really nice field. Not always the case, but you do have to think about other events. It's no different than the NBA and the NFL when they have concerts, right? Can't have a can't have a, a, a Grizz game and you got a Justin Timberlake game on the same night. just doesn't work that way. A Justin Timberlake concert, I'm sorry. It, it doesn't work that way, right? So you need to think about creating a schedule and think about how much time in between games there needs to be because your players do need to rest. You don't want to keep, you know, you know, dragging them out there having, you know, game day after day, especially in football. You need that week to recuperate, right? Basketball, not as much, but you definitely want to have, you know, those spaces in between. Maybe you do have a, a, a game and game like two days in a row, and that's fine, but you have to remember that it can't be very um, – very often that that happens because you're going to run players out of your league. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not playing in this league no more because they're just going to run me ragged. 
Another thing Startup Nation you want to think about is to have a photographer or a documenter. This is important for branding purposes. When you think about you know, uh, the Sable family and NFL films, one of the, the big things they have is this, this treasure trove of content that can be featured over and over on social media. On you know they develop tapes that they sell as well. I remember there's this tape, these NFL tapes. I used to rent from Blockbuster, which is a very old statement. I understand. I used to rent from Blockbuster all the time. You have all types of great content, learning the history of the game and understanding why certain franchises are so great and why they were great then and why they're not great now. But people love content, and when you think about you know a lot of the content you know in sports these days on social media. Uh, wherever the case may be, uh, there's a lot of content to be had. You know, you know, a, a lot of times people don't watch first take. They don't watch get up. They watch the clips that comes down their timeline on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or wherever the case may be. So you want to think about that as well. Some some type of photographer documented to get those key moments. Think about the shot like Michael Jordan's, you know, at the time, presumably last shot. Think about the catch in football, think about certain moments in sports that have been captured with a snap, you know, that that the league uses for promotional purposes because it recreates this moment. It reminds you of this moment, this um, awesome, amazing, great moment. And so a photographer and a documenter helps bring that to life. They recreate that image over and over again. So you need a great documenter or, or a, a photographer to do that part. You can have somebody that you probably, the league hires to do that, or you can probably contract that out as well. And probably even, you know, if, if the person, like I don't know this for sure, NFL Films probably is under the NFL brand or whatever the case may be, or they maybe use uh, no, sell licensing issue, you know, licensing to the Sable family for NFL fans. I don't know that for sure, Startup Nation. That just kind of came to me, but that could be an, an option as well, which also reminds me, going back to generating the revenue piece, you can license certain things, right? You give, you get the owner's permissions all in your agreement, owner agreement, whatever the case may be, where you can license uh, certain team images, you know, to other people. That's a, also another gen revenue generator for the league is a situation where let's say somebody makes custom bats and nobody's buying those bats or whatever case may be. Right. But you have a league and I know I haven't mentioned baseball, but this is a nice segue uh, to where <laughs> to that. But like, let's say you make custom bats. Right. And, you know, nobody's buying your bats, whatever case may be. But now you got this new league locally that's popped up and it's very popular, right? Let's say it's your league. And so you you issue do a licensing deal with the bats and now they can put those logos on their bats and they're selling like hotcakes and you get some of that revenue too. Maybe another 80-20 model, whatever the case may be. So, you know, and it just really brings back to a bigger point, Startup Nation. Like there's ways to do things, right? Like just because some, you see the example out there and it's so big and it's so so amazing, like the NFL or the NBA, wherever the case may be, it doesn't mean you can't do it too. It may take whatever you lack in money, you may have to, you know, make up for in brain power and thinking outside the box and being creative and problem solving, right? That's okay. That's the beauty of entrepreneurship is to figure out problems. That is what entrepreneurship is all about. It's about solving a problem. It's not necessarily about building a business. It's about solving a problem. So, no, but I digress. I've got off topic a little bit. But uh, like I said, the photographer and the documenter can be very pivotal to selling 
your league and really growing profits and the the brand exposure of your league startup nation also you know with that being said when you think about a photographer and documenter uh you know we need a website we need social media right that's where we are in this day and age if you're not you don't have a website and social media like i don't know how you're doing business you know uh, like you know you are you are the goat you are the goat because i know that's a constant conversation these days but you're the goat but for the rest of us who aren't the GOAT, you need a website, and it needs to be fun and inviting and extremely user-friendly, right? Like, maybe you do start with a Wix website, you know, in the beginning, but after a while, you may want to pay somebody to build a website for you for the ground up as the league continues to evolve and continues to grow, you know, instead of eight teams, now you got you got two more, three more, four more expansion teams that you just, you know, uh, brought into the league, and so you're going to need something um, that's unique to you for that. And think about how you use those photos and those images and that content and those videos for your social media piece or whatever, right? You know, you know, and think about the people who are you're trying to attract to the league. What kind of social media they use? Are they Facebookers? Are they are they on Twitter? Are they on Instagram? Now granted I would say get, you know, social media credentials from all of them, even if you're not using them just yet, just have it in place so that way nobody else scoops it up later on. And then your owners can have their own social media credentials and documenters or whatever the case may be. But even when they do that, even when they do that, even though it's their team, they're still bringing overall awareness to the overall league. Remember that. So make sure you have the great content, you know, and put that on your websites and your social media. Well, and the last thing I want to talk about, Startup Nation, we got to sell tickets. We got to sell tickets to the community. So we have to put up our flyers. We got to get the word out. We got to get to local radio stations or national radio stations if you're trying to do a national league or whatever the case may be. But sell tickets. And, and don't try to bust people's heads. When people, look, when, you know, when I say bust people's heads, that's a very Memphis thing to say. What I mean is don't overcharge people for the sake of overcharging people. Look, when we think about football and basketball, this that, and the other, they're not they're not energy bill, light bill, grocery card, mortgage bill, whatever the case may be, right? So when their people are buying tickets for your league, it's discretionary money. It's discretionary money, okay? Which means that like it's not something they need. It's something for enjoyment. It's something to improve their quality of life because they want to have a good time. So just because you can charge a hundred dollars a ticket doesn't necessarily mean you should charge a hundred dollars a ticket, Startup Nation. So be mindful of that. But you know, partner with local mom and pop grocery stores. Maybe you can't sell tickets at the Kroger just yet. But maybe you can sell them at your mom and pop grocery store on the mom and pop convenience store, the mom and pop gas station or wherever the case may be. But we got to sell tickets, you know, and, you know, and your and your league owners can help you with this as well. Because once again, it's very all comprehensive that everybody works together. If the, you know, if the orange mound, orange slices, you know, do well, then your league does well. If they're selling a lot of tickets, the league is selling a lot of tickets, and they all do well. It, we're, you know, it, it's very cliche, and we're thinking about high school musical, but we're all in this together. When you think about a league, another thing starting makes you can think about doing is that in this day and age of digital this and digital that, think about selling streaming rights, right? Think about like you know a model for like NBA League Pass or what's it called NFL Sunday Ticket or NHL. I think it's called 
uh, red alert or something like that. Forgive me if that's not what it's called. But you get my point. You can sell streaming services. Maybe, you know, your ticket prices are one price and then you can sell, uh, you know, also, oh, I'm sorry. Now, on top of the website and social media, this is where you probably want to have an app as well, which leads me to what I'm about to say on here. Cause And the app is all encompassing, just like the website, very inviting, gives you league stats, league you know, updates, you know, personal stories, wherever the case may be. But you can also stream games from the app maybe as well. Maybe you charge $5 a game or $10 a game or maybe you charge $15 a game. But if you buy a season pass, it comes out to like $5 a game, right? And maybe you have, you know, if you're a football league, 12 games in a season or if you're a basketball league, maybe there's 30 games in a season or wherever the case may be. The point is there's another stream of revenue that you could do and they can stream this from web, the website or can stream this from the app or wherever the case may be. But there's also another source of revenue for the league in order to jumpstart the league and also no, and eventually make it profitable as well. So here's my final take. Starting a league is a very big idea. It is. And I understand how, you know, if that's something that you want to do, it can be intimidating. But another one of the things that that can be working your favor is that you'd start small. You don't have to be the NFL going out the gate. You just don't. You don't have to be the NBA going out the gate. And believe it or not, an investor or sponsors are going to appreciate that. Why? Because they, if you're saying that you're just trying to start off small and then grow gradually, those people that you're asking for sponsorships know what that life is like. They know that is the responsible way to build not just a business, but anything, any type of organization. Start small, grow to big. Work inside and then outside, you know, if I could use a basketball reference. But it's one of those things where it's like this thing is possible, you know, and people may laugh at you like you're not the NFL, you're not the NBA, you're not the NHL, you're not MLB, you're not MLS, you're not the AAF, you're not the Euro League, you're not the Chinese League, you're not the Australian League, you're not Real Madrid, whatever the case may be. Who fucking cares? It's your idea. It's your league. And that actually brings me to another thing when I think about Real Madrid. My bad. So let's say your, your basketball league, let's say you start with a basketball league. Let's say your basketball league is doing well, right? And so now you decide to have a basketball league and a football league. That same person who owns the Orange Mound Orange Slices can also have the Orange Mound Orange Slices football team. So they have to have an Orange Slices football team and basketball team, and they're all encompassing inside of Orange Mound. That's what the, that's what happens in the Euro League with Real Madrid. Real Madrid has Real Madrid has a basketball team and an international soccer team. So that's also an option as well. But get to my original point. At the end of the day, is your idea. And if you're willing to put in some work and if you're willing to put in some know-how and some and to think outside the box, you yourself, my friend, can start your own league. So that's going to do it for this episode of The Startup Life. I really hope you enjoyed it. I know it's outside the box, but I really like doing episodes like these. It's a fun episode. It really gets the brain and those that prefrontal cortex and your brain working uh, to thinking about big ideas and thinking about uh, stuff outside the box and thinking about things that normally people wouldn't dare to dream to do but hey you're part of startup nation and we only know how to dream big if you want to let us know what you think about the show have an idea for a show topic or would like to advertise on our show send us a message on the startup life podcast facebook page and while you are there like and follow our page as well it's a new way for us to engage with you startup nation and really grow our community the link is here in the show notes 
To subscribe to the show, as it can now be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.